You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are here talking the finale episode of The Outsider on HBO, season one. Um, I, I mean... I like how it ended. I thought it was a pretty good, strong ending. I don't know how everybody else feels at the moment. I will discuss further. Okay. Well, John's going to withhold. As far as Stephen King endings go, this definitely wasn't the worst. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're in agreement there, Jess? Yeah, it was all right. Okay. It ended. It ended. <laughs> this, it came this, to an end. This was unbreakable for supernatural creatures. I guess that's true. That that's pretty true. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll definitely get into that and more as we talk about the 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 end of Outsider. But first, let's get to our week's watch. John, what did you watch this week? I'm still boldly going where I haven't gone before. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to allow this more. You, you have to come up with something new. I don't want to know more about Next Generation. But now it's where it's getting good. Uh, I'm entering season three now. Uh, I am in it. And I mean, I've gone this far. I might as well finish the series. Have, have we met the Borg yet? Yes. Borg was towards the end of season two. So they wow, that was them. that quick? Yeah. But it was actually like such a one-off. They probably weren't intending on like having them be recurring. But I believe what happened was they had such a strong, positive fan reaction, um, kind of like with Steve Urkel and Family Matters. It was supposed to be a one-off, and they're like, no, we got to bring that back. <laughs> That's where the money is. And but, then it just became a staple. But for the show that talks about being, hey, we, we don't do action. We're all about diplomacy and talking our way out of problems. The Borg is a problem that you have to fight. You can't just talk your way out of. That's exactly right. And that's probably the turning point where Star Trek started to divert more towards action than diplomacy. Because the episode I just watched uh, yesterday, uh, forget the name of the episode off the top of my head, but it's the one where there's a colonist, a group of colonists at a planet that's being claimed by a different alien species with which the Federation has a treaty with, and this planet belongs to them because it's in their space. So the humans are technically trespassing, and the Federation is ordered to remove them. They don't want to leave, and the aliens are atypically non-humanoid for Star Trek. They actually look like just gaseous bulbs of energy. Um, and they're super like specific and so they're not carbon based. Uh, probably not. No, I don't know what they are. They don't really go too much into their physiology. But the point is, they're like very, very anal about like legal matters. Mm -hmm. 
So <laughs> the, the way that they go about defeating this enemy, because they do have a standoff, um, but they don't really want to fight each other. So Captain Picard goes through what they say is like a 500-page document of you know trying to find some kind of loophole or something, and he invokes the some kind of arbitration law that gives them like some added time to like evacuate the people. It's so insane because like that's how they resolve a big conflict, not with the big fight, not with like you know crazy war game maneuvers with paperwork. With yes, with with, uh, with no arbitration clauses. Bureaucracy saved the day on this. Sounds like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, it was very much like the Vogons in this whole thing. It was crazy that it was like, ah, yeah, this is old Trek, not, you know, solving your problems by punching them in the face. Old Trek is, Kirk punched things in the face all the time. Yeah, and those were not my favorite episodes. But that's old Trek. Yeah. This feels like good Trek. Let's okay, think, there right. you go. Uh, yeah, like save I mean, the, it is older Trek from what is now. I understand what you're trying I mean, to say. But. We're just as far removed from it as it was from the original, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Wow, that's crazy scary. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so that is uh, my ongoing week's watch. And uh, I also took a break from watching things on the, a screen and actually just looked at the outside and realized, hey, like... We're having like the best weather of the year right now. So if you, I was gonna say, lies. You, yeah, some people don't like it when the sun doesn't come out for some I, reason. I love this. I feel like I'm in San Diego, which is my dream city. So this is like the perfect level of wind, chilliness still, even though we're approaching spring. Uh, the weather's changing just enough where it's like, ah, this is perfect. Well, if you were listening to our podcast last week, you know, right in the middle of it, we had an earthquake. This week, we had yeah. we had a tremendous downpour where we actually had flooding in a lot of parts of our city here. Yep. So We're a desert. We're not meant for this much per, like precipitation. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so all that, plus outbreak and virus, locust plague in certain parts of the world. Oh, no. The world is definitely heading towards disaster. <laughs> but I just took a moment from my busy life to just appreciate the outdoors and just be like, well... One last time for posterity before shit hits the fan. <laughs> before I, I, I assume John was just going to start losing his eyesight at that point. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to look at the outside one last time. <laughs> Let me remember it as it was. <laughs> okay, well, that's next generation. You're only on season three, so that yeah. means we have four six more, more seasons. Oh, was, I thought I there was, was nine seasons. Seven. There's only seven seasons? Yeah. Okay. Four more seasons, Four more weeks of John talking about <laughs> Next Generation. Well, and then I might torture myself and watch the movies again. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the only one you have to watch is First Contact. It's the only good one. Yeah, I agree with that. And then the 2009 one. Um, I wouldn't count that in this continuity, though. No. But Technically, uh, it is, but I wouldn't go backwards. I'm only going forwards. <laughs> forward never look back darling <laughs> so you're not going to check up a card though uh yes because that does continue with the forward thing. so you are going to check but up a card i just have to figure out how to get cbs all access are they still has anybody heard if they're still doing the 10 forward show i have not i know that whoopi goldberg was invited to come to, to season, two, season of two of picard um but I haven't heard anything. You mentioning this is the first I've heard of anything of that. Yeah, they're supposed to have a 10 Forward show, and then they're also supposed to have a Lower Decks animated show on CBS All Access, which I don't know if that's still going, but animation takes a long time sometimes, so... 
yeah. that could be a thing. Well, not for South Park. That's true. So it could be like a flash based or whatever they use animation style. It was. I think it was supposed to be. It was supposed to look like uh, um, the show that Daniel Tosh does with the bears. Oh, and the meet the something. Meet the prickleberries. Prickleberry. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it was supposed to be that animation, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just prickleberry. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess. Well, it'll it'll look silly. It'll I think be, Joel McHale was supposed to be one of the voices. Ah. So, so it's supposed to be a comedy, sarcastic, yeah. uh, crewman. Yeah, well, it's, it's supposed to be the the people you never see on the the show, <laughs> like the the ones that are the just the workers or just the, the lower or, level uh, crew members that are never that are never in peril. They they never get the, to have the get love story sucked out of the ship. When they, they get, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure there will be a red shirt that gets sucked out oh, of the yeah. ship every week. Uh, all right, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? We went to go see Bloodshot. We sure did. Vin Diesel's oh, superhero movie. <laughs> his comic book superhero movie. His one of his new ones because he is Groot, so he is already in his uh, superhero movies. True. And it was the Iron Giant. And he's the Iron Giant. And at this point, Dominic Toretto is also a uh, superhero. Like yeah. <laughs> he could take a car and do anything with it. So fair, but yeah. Um, it was rough. <laughs> it was very rough. It was it was rough. Um, some of the lines were funny. Um, the Intentionally? Act- <laughs> I think the intentional yes. ones were not funny, and the ones that yeah. were not intentional were hilarious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it was... So you get a great twist, but you get a great twist like... A half hour in. <laughs> and then you have an hour and a half of backup? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean it's, it a, was, it, it's a weird movie. It's it's a very weird movie. Um it goes exactly as you would expect it to go, which normally isn't a problem for me. I, I mean I'm perfectly comfortable with movies keeping a lot of tropes. I'm okay with that um but it was just boring yeah <laughs> it was boring that was the pro- it was boring is it it wasn't the action sequences weren't particularly amazing and the lines weren't particularly great and so there was just i mean the acting was perfectly fine it was perfectly acceptable I mean, to me i would say the best thing for acting in that movie was Guy Pierce, who plays your mad scientist kind of guy. Like he's not so much mad scientist. He's like the he's the billionaire that that develops the technology that keeps Bloodshot alive. And he did a pretty acceptable job. Like not his best role, basically but the same character he did in Iron Man three. Not so uh, frantic. Oh. Not so like yeah. Much. And not so man- maniacal. He's just more like he's more like Elon Musk. He ah. just comes in and he's like, "I have all this money. I tried out these things. I also have a robotic arm, like kind of thing." So it was yeah. He's a much more calculated individual in this one. It, mm-hmm. It's very logical. I do what I do for very standard reasons. Yeah. So that's not Elon Musk. No. <laughs> no, it's not Elon Musk. It's more akin to 
Most of your oil oligarchs, they may do horrendous things, but they do it for a very specific purpose. Profit. Profit, power (laughs) control, market share. I mean, just they're very logical, straightforward, self-preservation, bottom line kind of reasonings. So Bloodshot is a Valiant comic? Valiant comic, yeah. Okay. Um, Have they been absorbed into any of the others, or is it still independent? It's still independent. So Bloodshot is this type of Wolverine character that's like immortal and can't be killed? Essentially, he's Wolverine and Punisher put together. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he's vigilante, violence. Was it rated R? No, it was PG-13. Really? Yeah. That... Which is probably why some of the action sequences kind of fell for me. One of the, so one of the things, I don't know if listeners know this, but one of the things that you get in R rating when it's pure action is blood. Blood and gore. And the fact that there, his blood is replaced by nanobots, you don't see actual blood. You see nanobots coming out of his wounds. So thus they can get around an R rating. Because simulated blood is not the same as blood, according to the MPA. Yep. So it's... Uh, in the parts where you see, like in the trailer, where you see half of his face get blown off, you don't see any blood. It's, it's all the nanobots, and they come right back. So thus, not R-rated. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, so there was a lot of excess violence against him, but you didn't see any of the violence. Like, there was none of the... What he's doing to the bad guys. What he's doing to the bad guys, where he's killing, you know... Yeah, I mean, he had to have killed four dozen, five dozen <laughs> bad guys that yeah. we saw on screen. But you see none of that. You don't see dismemberment. You don't see giant head wounds. You don't see... Which would all be there from what he did. It's just like in Pulp Fiction. You know, the reason he was able to get a PG-13... Or no, I'm sorry, an R instead of an NC-17. One of the reasons why is because when Bruce Willis grabs the samurai sword and starts (laughs) killing people in the basement, they don't show any of that. It's all happening off camera. No, but it's rated R for language. I understand, but it was supposed. It was going to get P, uh, NC-17 if they showed uh, how he dismembered the people with the with the sword. Ah, like I remember Tarantino talking about that. But they were okay with showing that scene of uh, Phil Lamar getting his head blown off briefly. I mean, all you really see in that is the aftermath of the stuff on the windshield. You don't see oh, him actually true. getting, or not the windshield, see, the rear window. You yeah. don't see his head explode. Oh. Yeah. They didn't so, have a scanner's moment. No, they did not have a scanner's <laughs> moment. But so you get so you end up with a lot of that in this where you just kind of see the splatter. Yeah. But none of the effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm not somebody for excess blood and gore, but if you're gonna do these huge acts action sequences where he's killing somebody you kinda have to see him kill somebody. Yeah. You know what might help Bloodshot, though, is the fact that they're going to be pushing back so many other movies. <laughs> this might be the only action movie in theaters. It might run for a while. <laughs> You're right. It was like, oh, let's, it, coronavirus saved its box office. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if coronavirus can save its box office. It was, it, I mean, yeah, the movie was just bad. So one thing I compared it to is, like, if you liked 90s action movies, not 80s action mm. movies, if you can make the distinction between the two... Mm you'll really like this movie because it is a throwback to 90s action movies. Interesting. It's oh. It's got the feel of... Uh, what's the example I used the other night? Do you remember? Oh, God, no. Um, true Lies? No. Yeah, it's got a little bit of True Lies in there. Uh, I forget, what was the example I used? I thought it was perfect. Either way, um, it's it's not an original story. It's It's 
it's RoboCop. It's other stories where serviceman gets injured and they bring him back to life using robotics. It's a six million universal I think, soldier. I think RoboCop is the one you used. No, but that's not a nineties universal movie. soldier. Yes, universal. It, it's a lot oh, like universal yeah. soldier. That's that's perfect. Yeah. Um. There's it's it's that it's it's hardcore Henry, which is more recent. Mm. Um. Mm. So if you like those things you could enjoy it but it is it's she's right the action scenes aren't exciting they're pretty mundane however the director does do some pretty interesting things in filming the mundane action scenes which i thought was interesting um so this because i haven't seen this other one either would you recommend this or upgrade upgrade okay (laughs) instantly (laughs) upgrade (laughs) i mean that is an r-rated movie and it is a hard r-rated movie (laughs) for violence and gore uh but yeah i would it's got such a better story okay um yeah so yeah and this was a very Vin. I mean, Vin Diesel plays Vin Diesel. Yeah. In this movie. Oh. Mumble growls his way through. Well, it. the first the first scene is him <laughs> playing a Navy SEAL or special ops of some kind. Yeah, some kind of special ops. And they're in you know a, a war Middle zone, Eastern Middle war Eastern zone. war zone. He rescues the the captive, blows the guy up, and he comes off. They do the hoorah, and then. He sees his wife, who's standing on the military tarmac with a car in Italy, and he, in one motion, takes off his camos <laughs> to the you know wife beater <laughs> sleep. The white the, wife beater underneath. Wife, yeah, he, and he just takes it off, in the, again, in the middle of a military base. He just <laughs> peels it off in one fluid motion to show off his muscles and sweeps her off her feet. Like, is that supposed to appeal to the men or the women of the yes. <laughs> Both. But it's just, it's, it's the same scene I think I've seen in every Vin Diesel yep. movie. Yep. Actually, that sounds exactly like the beginning of The Pacifier. Yep. Yes. That's exactly. It is, it is literally the same scene in every Vin Diesel movie. All right. So that is Bloodshot is in theaters now. If you want to risk coronavirus, you go right ahead and watch Bloodshot. You know what? To be fair, there was only like 10 people in the theater. This is true. That there when was, we saw there it. So lot, you're going to have the theater mostly to yourselves. <laughs> I think the, the rule is that you have to keep at least one meter between yourself and other people and you'll be okay. Yeah. So sit every other seat in yeah. the theater. You're fine. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's two meters <laughs> then. Between people. Uh. Mm-hmm. Six feet? Yeah. Six feet is what I'm hearing on the yeah. news. That would be two yards, but not two meters. Feet yeah, a meter is pretty close to a yard. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. Jess, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> I managed to go see Onward this week with my mom. Oh, all right. Yay. I absolutely loved it. I really loved it. It was, it was kind of... Like, as soon as you got, like, the relationship between the brothers, you're like, oh, you know exactly how this is going to happen. I know, like, they're going to go do this. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And this will be the result. Like, I knew, like, this is how it's going to go. Still loved it. Still was filmed so great. I loved the music in it, but they kind of used, like, Renaissance-type instrument to make kind of sort of modern cinematic music. I love the world. And I, I like Chris Pratt 
in it. I, I, I didn't have any problem with the voice actors in it. <laughs> like I did? Yeah, yeah, no. Because I was kind of thinking like, huh, because you pointed that out. So I was really like intentionally looking for it. But I was like, no, I think they actually fit the characters pretty well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, I was like, this actually makes sense. Like, I feel like, although Chris Pratt isn't a D&D nerd, like, I feel like he is a good voice for a D&D nerd. Um, I feel attacked. Yeah, it was, it was definitely very good. Um, I didn't realize this till I watched it. Apparently, there's a controversy behind the Simpsons short that's before it, though. Oh. Which I didn't even, yeah, okay. I didn't even realize there was a Simpsons short before it. But, yeah, a few people are saying that it's a bit, um, like, just the people who watch The Simpsons, like, don't watch Disney movies or oh, that's, vice that's versa. Baloney. And I was like, I grew up watching The Simpsons and Disney movies. Like, yeah. this is fine. Like, Disney now owns Simpsons. Like, it's on Disney+. Plus. Like, yeah, it's a little bit more adultish in humor, but most of the adult humor goes right over your head. Just like the adult humor in... Disney films go right over kids' heads. Like I say, Disney has always had in Disney humor. films. <laughs> Disney has always had so. adult humor in Disney films. That's, that's yeah, that's always. Oh yeah. So I didn't get. I thought the short was really cute about Maggie. It was adorable, and it made me want to watch The Simpsons again because I haven't watched it in like years. But um, <laughs> and it kept it kept in the like tradition of of shorts before Pixar without having any dialogue, like. It, yeah. per, what a perfect character. Maggie doesn't talk, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. And you can watch The Simpsons on Disney+. Plus. I mean, I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That probably was part of their cross-promotion. They wanted to be like, hey, don't forget, we own The Simpsons now. You can go watch all the episodes on Disney+. Plus. Like, it, it, it makes sense to me. Plus, it's kind of oh, funny yeah. that in The Simpsons movie, Bart makes a Mickey Mouse reference. Saying that, you know, he puts a black bra on his head to look like the mouse ears and says he's the mascot of an evil corporation. I mean, they've been making fun of Disney in episodes since the beginning. No, but when the acquisition happened, they put the Simpsons in, like, Disney characters Mm -hmm. and Bart was Mickey, but they intentionally drew him, like, looking really mad. (laughs) I was like, ah, (laughs) Carlo. Okay, Jess, so the rest of Onward, you were just... You were good with like you 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 enjoyed the movie altogether. Anything mm-hmm. particular that you wanted to say about it? Like, how does it fit in with the rest of the Pixar movies? Uh, I, I think it's a really good Pixar movie. Actually, it might be one of my top three Pixar movies. Oh wow! That's yeah, impressive. I actually liked it that much. Now, granted, I love fantasy and this whole idea of like modernizing fantasy uh. is like it's my crack. So like that's. <laughs> Probably why, but yeah, I think this one's up there for me with Up and um, Wally on my favorite Pixar films. So, all right. Did you get the Up really feeling that I was talking about? Oh God, I was that as soon as it started, I was like, "Yep, <laughs> thank you." I'm gonna cry five times during this. It, it does. It has that the the way that it's dealing with what it deals with is. So, I don't want to spoil it. I, no, I really want to have a spoiler podcast on this. but I, I don't know anything about the story. I do want to check it out eventually, but I'm going to say something and just kind of nod your head if this is where it's going. Nod your head so everybody at the podcast yes. who's listening so, so, to the podcast can know. So no one else can see or you know get the, the answer. Gotcha. Um, but this movie, Full Metal Alchemist? Uh. 
Okay, I got my, I got my answer. Okay, I if, mean I couldn't answer that question because I don't know anything about Full Metal exactly. Alchemist, so it's a good thing you asked, Jen. <laughs> uh, did you catch any Easter eggs that reference back to the rest of the Pixar movies? I know that's a big thing with Pixar, and I don't know them, so I was wondering if you did. I, you know what, I didn't catch that many, but it was just my first showing of it. I usually try to focus on the story over the like. I don't intentionally search for Easter eggs, but. So I know I no, saw. I, 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 think, I don't even think I saw the van. I didn't the Pizza see, Planet van. I didn't see the Pizza Planet van, but I saw a Pizza Planet uh, sticker inside of his van. In, oh, okay. Inside of Chris oh, Pratt's character's okay. van, Mar- Barley. Is it Barley or Marley? Barley. Barley. Yeah. It's Barley. Yeah, Barley. Okay. Yeah, so I, I know, I, and I think they actually changed it. It wasn't Planet, it was Pizza Something Else, but it's definitely the Pizza Planet logo. So I, but it might have mm-hmm. been, I might have just been seeing it wrong. Uh, yeah, if yeah, you do they drive a the, Toyota, huh? Do they drive a Toyota? I don't know. Is that a thing? That's the In Pixar the, thing. The Pizza Planet is a Toyota, but it no, only says Yo. No, it's not a Toyota van. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. No. Uh, like, oh, okay. go ahead. It's like one of those like typical hippie vans it's like a volkswagen van more i think it reminds me of the scooby-doo mystery van yeah it does kind of look like a yeah, yeah. the mystery machine yeah an el cuckoo van yes an el cuckoo van <laughs> yeah uh okay so onward is in theaters now it has not been suspended due to coronavirus <laughs> uh i don't know if we do we want to talk about that all the different things that have been suspended i mean everybody's got the news so they're pretty good right yeah, mm-hmm. so, so. the Fast and the Furious movie, which is supposed to come out in April, is getting pushed back a whole year. Um, James Bond got pushed back till August. Um, uh, Quiet Place Part Two got pushed back to they don't know have a date for. Um, there's a couple other ones, but uh, yeah, production is being halted on things, and we'll see what happens in the next year. Uh, okay. So for my week's watch, <laughs> I started a new series on Netflix. It's, it started out, it started, or it came out last year, towards the end of last year. Uh, a coworker of mine kept telling me to watch it because he thought it was great and he thinks that I'm into the same things he's into. And I want to say that this show is god awful. <laughs> I've gotten through three episodes, and the third episode, the very end, something happens, and I'm like, well, now i got to finish the rest of the season, but it's still a terrible Uh show. So if anybody who watched Lock and Key thought that Lock and Key had way too much teen angst, do not watch October Faction. That show is rife with teen angst for a show that the two main characters are adults. (laughs) <laughs> the even the <laughs> actors who were playing the teen characters in the show are pretty mu- I, they look like they're 30 so uh it, it uh, essentially the the only people i recognize from the show are the two parents the the mother was on bones for the longest time she was the medical examiner i don't remember know mm-hmm. the actress's name and the father was on the two seasons of Dark Angel from the early 2000s as the dispatch guy for the courier messenger. And like, that's the it. That's it. Those are the only two people, actors I recognize. And I usually recognize a lot of actors. Um, so the show itself is essentially about uh, the world has vampires. Vampires and 
monsters and stuff like that. Most of the world doesn't know about it. Uh, the two parents are part of an organization that takes deals with these creatures of the night, um, but they haven't told their kids yet. Now, the organization moves them around a lot. They are currently living in Osaka. They are going to be moved to Oslo soon. Um, the kids hate the fact that they get uprooted all the time. They're 17 years old, and they're twins. They're a boy and a girl, and they get moved around a lot. Well, uh, the, de- the dad's dad it dies. You know, Apparently, he has a heart attack, falls in the shower, dies. So they come back to their hometown, which is in some small upstate California town, and uh, uh, when they get back there to deal with the house because he hates his dad, um, things start popping up there. Now, the, the family itself has been a part of this... What, what do they call it? They call it... They don't call it the October Faction. They call it uh, the Presidio. It's the organization that deals with these creatures of the night. The father was a part of it. The mother was a part of it. Uh, the the father's father was a part of it, uh, and as they go through uh, all of the father's stuff, they found out in the last years of his life he was doing some weird stuff that was off the books from the rest of the Presidio. So mm. things are coming around, attacking, and then the kids <laughs> start to have powers. Why are the kids what? having power? I yeah, who knows? The the daughter makes contact with with uh with uh uh a demon of sorts through a seance because her brother told all the kids that were at the father's wake that she could do a seance even though she doesn't she's like she's all numbers she's just like i only believe in math and science and uh you know things aren't real you know you know things that you can't do aren't don't uh don't make a difference and uh the 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 brother is all about, hey, let's have a good time, and you know that boy is cute. I'm gonna go make out with him, kind of thing. So then the brother starts to see dead people. And you're like, I, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this makes no sense. So the show is bad. I'm gonna watch the rest of the first season. <laughs> I'll get back to you when I do. But <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend it to anybody. Uh, the other show I watched, I picked up. Started at the beginning of this year, I want to say, or maybe it was the fall season last year. NBC, Lincoln Rhyme. Uh, it is a serialized show based off the books about the character Lincoln Rhyme. If you remember in the 90s, there is a movie with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie uh, about this character called The Bone Collector. That is essentially the first episode of this show. Um, the show is good. It's written well. It's got great actors. Um, it's very much serial plus procedural because you have the Bone Collector as the main bad guy throughout the whole first season. I mean, we've only watched the first two episodes, but yeah. the whole first season is about Lincoln Ryan coming back out of retirement to try and find the Bone Collector. And then in between episodes, or during each episode, he is also... Um, uh, dealing with other serial killers and mass murderers and stuff like that. So, as a paraplegic forensic scientist, the top of his game, he befriends a beat cop patrol officer who has a good 
mined for forensics because she stopped a subway from destroying evidence, even though it caused a lot of hectic stuff in New York City to stop a whole subway train. And, uh, you know, their relationship is, is getting off to a good start. Only two episodes in, but definitely a good watch. So that's on NBC. You can watch it on Hulu or NBC app or on whatever night it comes on. And October Factions on Netflix. Don't watch it. <laughs> Anybody have any questions about either one of those shows? I think the fact that you hate it so much means it's probably good. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm going to start watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people the are... one is good. Yes, the Lincoln Ryan one is good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, people are quarantined to their homes, so you can start binging all the shows that you haven't got to watch yet. This is true. Uh, and as things are stopping production, there might be the only things to watch for a while. So <laughs> the end of entertainment. That's when the real apocalypse is going to hit. I mean, it's a big, pretty big intri- industry for us. Just going to deep clean the house. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I'm going to use there you my go. quarantine for. You know what? And podcasts. You can listen to pod- podcasts all the day because it's only a few people. You don't have to stop production on it. People can do it from remote locations as Jess is doing. And, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just listen and deep clean the rest of your house. <laughs> okay, let's get into The Outsider the Outsider and HBO, episode 10, the finale episode. John? The last one. The last the one. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the episode? Uh, it kind of all went down how I thought it was going to, um, which is a little disappointing, but it also mm. makes sense. Like I was like, okay, yeah, you know, you introduce the supernatural element or what is perceived as such. Uh, but then you have to stamp it out, literally, because what are you going to do from there, you know? And the survivors now have to kind of deal with it, at least the ones that didn't believe at first and now were confronted with this, you know, unexplainable thing, have to carry that with them. And I think that uh, Ralph kind of gave the impression he's like, well, I had this experience, I'm just going to put it behind me. <laughs> yeah, but you know his his lasting words, his last words in the episodes are all about like, well, are there more things out there? And you know, you going through this experience for a person who didn't believe, quote unquote, didn't believe. You've got to imagine like, especially as as his his job of of having to protect the people. I'm like, what are the things that I didn't at you know I got wrong the first time around because I got Terry Maitland wrong. And what is it do I have to look for now going forward as a cop? Well, that's the one thing that I thought was promising is how they're setting up the world, mm-hmm. that there could be more. Um, you know, like we said this well, earlier, that this is unbreakable for boogeymen, essentially, mm-hmm. characters. Um, you know, Holly would be like the Bruce Willis type hero character uh, or that has the opposites being the cuckoo mm-hmm. um and the fact that he says that even he didn't know if there were others like him but he always thought there might be because he got a sense of them yes like um, a highlander yes there can be <laughs> only one <laughs> he felt the quickening so yeah, that's right he felt the quickening um and uh 
you know, the fact that it wasn't clear if he was in fact supernatural or not, or maybe he just has some kind of heightened abilities that could be potentially explained scientifically. We just don't know how he works. Um, we never got any explanation as to what the material was that was found on uh, Terry Maitland's clothes in the barn. So that's still kind of out there. But we saw that they were really trying hard to destroy any evidence that it existed in the first place. True. Like they burned the chair. Because you can't really... I don't think that was her destroying evidence. I think that was more of her like, it's done. We're, we're done. I, I want to make sure it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> this okay. is my well, way to make sure it's dead. There you go. She, It's more making sure. I just assumed it was like, it's her closure. It's like, this is part of our life is over. But like, I don't even know if they truly killed it. I don't think they did. Yeah. Because like, we had the, the cave in, and then like he was impaled by a stalactite. Yeah. And then... Holly stabbed him in the heart, right. the chest, and he was still not dead. And then Ralph comes in, bashes his head in. It looks like it got plenty crushed, but I mean, I mean, if you're a shapeshifter and you're a demon, yes, you can put your vital organs in different places. However, I think we can go with the safe adage of demon thing cut off its head, we're good. Like smashing yeah. the brain or bird it. See, yeah. I, I think it's. Dead. I think Ralph finally did kill it. I think Ralph had a very good point of I need to crush the face. Like, because what it what it does is it shape shifts in what it mostly shape shifts is its face, and you, we see that whole reverting back, reverting back and back and back. Yeah. Um. You know. Which I thought was interesting that they gave us another face after the woman, like because that was the furthest uh, Holly went back with tracing it back. So. Yeah. Whose face was that supposed to be? And he kind of sounds like he's ancient because he says oh, yeah. he doesn't even remember where he's from or anything like that. Yeah. Um, no, I think they killed this version Ooh, particular of Particular one. I think they're setting it up more as, well, now we'll go kill something else. What? Well, we didn't get a, did we get a resolution with the child that, no. got brought up to the DA. So obviously, I don't know if that was just, hey, we're going to give this as a scapegoat so that Terry Maitland is now exonerated or is it more uh a one of the El Cucos that we were the one that we were following, it was it one of his victims that we just didn't know about. I think it was set up to be the 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 logical scapegoat cuz you know, Ralph points out like we try and tell everybody that it's this monster thing that yeah. actually killed Frankie Peterson, like, they're just going to send us to a loony bin and that's not going to be of any service to Terry Maitland um, and which, exonerating Terry Maitland, which is accurate. Yeah. And I also <laughs> thought it was interesting that at that point, Holly's like, who's Terry? Like, yeah. not realizing that this is the whole thing that started off for everybody else in the group. <laughs> but she was like, I'm just researching this. Like, this is the thing that someone put me on, like, the task. Like, well, even though she talked to the widow, she talked to Jean. Glory? Here's, here's Glory. Glory. But here's my thing. She knew who Terry was because she was sent to investigate Terry's... Dad, that's right. Dad and whereabouts in Cleveland. That's the part that made me... A little confused but then they go to so we know that she has all these weird knowledge facts but then can't remember certain things like her own height like she knows the height of the buildings but not her own height correct and she makes the comment to ralph because el coco asks how how did you 
so readily accept this, accept me. And she doesn't answer him then, but she tells Ralph, you know, had I chosen to, I would have answered an outsider knows an outsider, which is where we get the title from. But it starts to make me think, what is Holly? Holly. She's definitely something. Which brings us into why there can be a second season, because she is the outsider, not Okuko. Like, she's the thing that lives outside of our society to protect us, maybe? Question mark? (laughs) So... I mean, she definitely, at least currently, uses her powers for good. Um. I think. She, uh, I mean, she did want to kill it, but I think the more is she just wants knowledge. Like she just yeah. wants to know things. I don't think she necessarily wanted to kill it until Ralph said, "Well, we can't turn it in." Mm. And then she's like, "Well, we can't just let it continue to do what it's doing." So if you're telling me I can't turn it in, I can't use it to expand the knowledge, then yes, it has to die. Like I think she was just making a calculated decision. Like, if not X, then Y. Okay. I was really hoping they would turn it in so it would get dissected in the lab and they would study it and yep. But how would you off. but how, how could you possibly contain it? Like if it has the ability to get into a person's brain and make it into a Renfield forum like I mean I honestly thought that he was going to jump into one of the Holly or Ralph's brain at that moment. Yeah. Which he kind of started to jump into Ralph's brain? He started to which is, is that how why Ralph the ghost? knew it. Yeah. yeah. The ghost of, yeah. was it Frankie Peterson and his son? I think so. Is that who those two I people thought those were? Two, I thought they were the the two boys that died in the cave-in. They wouldn't have been the two boys they because... They were in modern clothes. They were wearing hoodies. They were in modern clothes. Yeah, they were, modern, boys were oh. they were in modern clothes, yeah. and one of them had kind of longer shaggy hair, which is th- oh, those two kids uncommon didn't. Uncommon for that yeah. time, anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that wasn't clear to me, so I wasn't sure. But, uh, yeah, like uh, Beth was saying, I feel like Holly is the outsider that we're referring to. And she, like I said, this is why I think this is unbreakable because it's basically showing us that there's others like them um, that have different abilities, but would normally have been classified as some kind of supernatural or uh, old wives tale type Mm -hmm. boogeyman person. Um, She's obviously some kind of savant. I haven't been able to pinpoint exactly what her role would be. um, But, I kind of came to the conclusion that maybe she's just some kind of collective subconscious where um, she essentially retains like the memories or the, the experiences or knowledge of like either like ancestors, like they li- it, it lives on in her and she's just like the culmination of like several generations. Um, and that could be like her situation. Like she's just overburdened with knowledge that she never like directly accrued I, that's interesting but the fact that she would have to go and research what an El Cuco was or you know the other grief eating myths and stuff like that I, I would think throws a wrench in that idea I mean that could have been stuff that her previous and again this is just a theory yeah yeah but that could have been something that wasn't previously looked at by you know that stream of consciousness See, that I would she- go with the fact that it would be she is able to have the knowledge of the people around her. Like that's why she would know how tall the building is. But like maybe after she leaves that area, she no longer has that knowledge kind of thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it's, she's only able to access the stuff that's in her vicinity. So she's like hacking people's like mental Wi-Fi. It's essentially what were you going to say? I was going to say it would still make sense for John's to be the case because she didn't look up. Cause when she first gets introduced to the concept of El Coco being what killed, is doing the killing 
the woman in New York asks her, what was your story? Mm-hmm. What were you told as a child? My grandmother told mm-hmm. me X, Y, and she doesn't look that storyline up. She looks up the other storylines. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, this is the recurring story that my ancestors know, but I need to gather the knowledge from other ancestors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jess, what did you think about all the characters that we no longer have in this show? (laughs) That whole first scene. (laughs) I was so frustrated. I was like, why are you people doing the things you're doing right now? (laughs) Because they have to die. (laughs) I know, but does it have to be that stupid, though? Like, I don't know. Maybe I just play too many violent video games, but I was just very frustrated. They were not dealing with that situation intelligently at all. I felt, there were several ways that they could have done things better, but I definitely felt like the, sh- again, the, the scene went yeah, on went, for way too long. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Oh, and just the stupidity of it, like Prince Charming having to go to get reception. Why? <laughs> Why do you have to go to get reception? <laughs> what you are don't. you going you to tell to them? People. Who are you going to call? Like... <laughs> Come on. You know, and Jack kept shooting Alex's corpse. I was like, why? He's already dead. He had to fill up more holes in him. Because Jack had gone crazy. Yeah. And I think yeah, it was the... Jack had gone crazy. Yeah, he, he was drunk, too. That drove me nuts that he was drunk and doing these really good shots sometimes. I was like, come on. He's drunk. No, that's not how it <laughs> Well, you're more relaxed. Like, uh, your good- aim should be better. No, but your your depth perception is off when you're drunk. There are other things that would keep you from shooting that well. It's not just because, oh, you're drunk. It's just there's other aspects of your brain that's going on that, no, you would <laughs> not be that accurate. You would not be able to shoot at a gas tank and then shoot and make it explode. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little surprised oh. that Howie died. I was not expecting that one. The rest I of them, I, I, I the rest of them, I was completely expecting. I was not expecting them in the order that they occurred because I figured Prince Charming was gonna a be the first one to die, and then when we didn't see him die first on the last episode, I was like, okay, so he's the first one out this episode. But so, he came in in the middle, which was a rather surprising. To recap, we had yeah. Alec pass, uh, then Seely or mm-hmm. Seal. Yeah, uh, then, who did get a shot yeah. off at Jack? He did get a shot off. Yeah, that yeah. is pretty impressive. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Then Howie. Or no. Then Andy. Then, then Howie. Uh, uh. Sablo got shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. And then Jack killed himself. Yes. Uh. So yep. the, all those characters passed. Uh. Sablo lived. Claude lived. Ralph lived. Holly lived. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was very interesting that Howie. Claude and Seal all got there so quick because it's to me it seemed like they hung around the house for quite a bit before Seal told Claude that hey they're going off to the caves to take to deal with this thing yeah everybody was already there yeah but they showed up like minutes after Jack started shooting like I don't know if maybe just because Seal knew the or no it was how he was the one that was driving but like the two of them knew Mm -hmm. how to get there easier Probably. They probably knew how to get there a little faster than the other group did, and Howie probably had more incentive to move faster. That's fair. He probably was speeding more because he you know, got the heightened sense of danger. They're walking into a trap at this point. The other group 
it's more pertinent for them to slow it down, make sure they're doing it correctly, make sure they're not taking extra risks, make sure all those things. So that's probably part of the time difference. So what did, uh, what did everybody, how did everybody feel when seal died? I was, I was actually more upset than I thought I would be. (laughs) I was not upset other than like, you idiot. (laughs) but like you are clearly the best shot and you clearly have the best weapon for this purpose. And you're just standing in the middle of the open field shooting at a a a sniper that you can't see. Like, (laughs) I mean, he was the one that got the closest though. Yes, absolutely. But that also paints a huge target on your back. Uh, how did everybody feel about the deus ex machina rattlesnake? Oh, that was established in the previous episode. No, I, I understand that, but like, around. just out of, I mean, they're not in the area really for a rattlesnake. Well, I kind of took, well, okay, yeah, so maybe that could be a plot hole, but I kind of felt like the rattlesnake was there. Um, in Tennessee? Did, the south. In Tennessee? I like. I know there's rattlesnakes in like Georgia and Florida, so it wouldn't surprise me in the forest in Tennessee. But okay, no, I am curious. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of took it as the rattlesnake was there, also like on behalf of the cuckoo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so the, it was like if you don't do yeah. my bidding, like, like this guy's keeping like guard on you or something. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's kind of how I took it. I see. I took it as working for the side of good, like whatever side Holly's on kind of thing. Not that she was controlling it, but like more, it was put in place there f- to stop him. Well, because well, go ahead. There's Jess. a few rattlesnake, a temper rattlesnake and a pygmy rattlesnake. Living in, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm corrected. Yeah. Cause uh, he knew the rattlesnake was there and he wasn't really messing with it until, um, he decided like he, he openly rebelled against Kuko and he was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do this anymore and that's well, when the snake bit him. When when Seal shot at him, he took the pitchfork and tried to move the rattlesnake. Like he tried to be like, Hey, get get it out of here kind of thing. <laughs> so I, I mean, you could still be right. I just I don't I'm not sure. I I'm probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jack finally is like after killing half the party he's like nope i'm not gonna do this anymore and decides to get bit by the snake that's because holly comes out that's true holly damn him damn 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 (laughs) yeah well i think it's because i think he felt that holly i think he recognized holly as another outsider and i think he felt like if anybody could redeem him it would be holly in a way and so when she damned him he was like i'm not savable and was just Maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's maybe she's an angelic being, as opposed to the El Cuco, which is the demonic being. Yes, I mean it's possible. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like this idea better. <laughs> okay. Well, and I mean, even just within the storyline, we got Holly was the only one who really attempted to, like she, she he held her hostage, and the entire time she's looking at him, going. There have been others like you, like you're not in control. I understand that. Like this it's this thing's fault. Like you can fight back, we can help you. Just kind of trying to rescue him, save him. So I think that's why he had a special spot for her. And uh what did everybody 
Uh, well, so I know I'm not the most familiar with Stephen King properties. Isn't that what the stand is all about? Angelic beings and demonic beings, like fighting, fighting it out. Technically, okay. Um, it's, I mean, it's much bigger than that. But yes, you have like one primary sort of angelic being with the old lady uh, up in Boulder, and then you have Randall Flag, who is essentially a demon. Um, but yeah, the in this one the stakes are much bigger because. Yeah, it's also like an apocalyptic story, but this could technically take place in the world of the stand, or these could be related to those types of characters. And the stand is just a story that's much heightened in that level. Uh, so yeah, you could be onto something there. There's at least a correlation. Okay. Uh, what What did everybody think of like Holly's, you know, scream out of of "Damn you to hell"? Like, does this is this her, is that was that her just using words like and that stopped him or was that what did she have a type of power like because her scream seemed to have an effect like it visually they decided to do a thing where it had an effect yeah I it yeah. definitely did but like I said it's I think it's meant to be somewhat ambiguous but I'm gonna choose a, to put it into my head canon that yeah she did do something to him okay mm-hmm. And okay, so when we finally get into the cave and Ralph and Holly are confronting El Cuco or the Grief Eater, uh, Jess, how did you feel that dialogue of back and forth went between the three of them? Uh, yeah, how about how the dialogue has been within the whole show? <laughs> okay, kind of heavy handed and and also frustrating uh, with the lack of details. Yeah. How do you feel? That was about how it was going to go. So, <laughs> how, how did I mean? How did you? How how do you feel it would have been better? Like, what what kind of details would you have rather have gotten? Um, just a little bit more explanation. If he gave a little bit more of his yeah. backstory of like how he got there, why he does what he does. I mean, he did say a little bit, which was the children are sweeter. Yeah, which again is kind of like the Pennywise uh, thing that children taste better. Um. And um, that's I feel like that was just him goading on Ralph, though. Mm. Like, I really feel like it's just it was stereotypical of a conversation. Like, it's what you expect. Oh, yeah, he's not going to give away everything. I think I yeah, I think I would have liked it like John, where it's like Coco's like, all right, I'm going to let you guys learn about me. I think that would have been better. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's very stereotypical. Also noted that this this one filming wise really reminded me of traditional horror filming, too. Yes. Like there was a few shots that I was like, that just looks like, like there was a shot of after the rocks start falling, the lamp next to a rock, like tilted over. And it made me think of like a horror video game loading screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is like very stereotypical. Like that whole scene was very stereotypical of a horror plot, I guess. I also thought- kind of, I also thought it was very interesting that no matter where he goes, he still kind of wants to live in a certain type of comfort. Like he makes him get a, get him a cot and he makes him get him lamps. You know, we're, I mean, I assume there had to have been a generator down there if they have a lamp on yeah, of some mm-hmm. sort. Yeah, because uh, they tried to mess with the power when they were first going in and it was not It wasn't working, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I guess, you know, with the whole 
killing of El Cuco, like, oh no, I guess I was going to go back to Claude. Claude, Claude sneaks up on them, but shouldn't El Cuco have known that he was coming? Like if he's inside his head or do you think he was too distracted? I would say distracted and also just hungry and not focused. I mean, he he had he had eaten enough animals to transform transform all the way into Claude. Yeah, this is true. So, and not to jump too far ahead into it, but when did Kuko make contact with Holly? So, do you think that was a scratch that he gave her on her forearm? I mean, why else would they make that a point to show that? This I, is the mid credit sequence. Um, I, I don't know. I think that was more like a, that happened when uh, the cave-in. Like, some, I mean, there was yeah. a lot of rocks falling. I just assumed that she got scratched that way. But it was a very... Rocks fell on top of her, too, so... Yeah. It was a very odd detail to focus on, though, for something here to show us at the end when... The show proper now is over, and but we're just even getting a little stinger with her. Even if it scratched her, it's dead. So it doesn't. That's why I was like, matter. "Is he though?" <laughs> You're right. I have no idea. I'm like, "What if this thing is like the thing from the thing?" Right. That's a dumb sentence, but um, you know that thing, the creature, which is an alien. Um, I mean, it shapeshifts. It's essentially not literally a grief eater, but it has essentially the same power. Um, that one doesn't have like a centralized nervous system, or like it basically any part of its body can regenerate and continue being the thing. What if it's the same with this? Like you mentioned earlier, if he's a shapeshifter, he can shift all of his vital organs to like a different part of his body or something. What if crushing the head didn't really do anything except just weaken it more because now it has to take longer to heal and it's you know going to come back and now it might even have like a vendetta being like, you guys really screwed me over. I want some revenge for this or something, you know? So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think it's dead. Okay. I, I think it might still linger or maybe even it managed to communicate its own grief to some other grief eater. Mm. And now they're gonna be like, "Hey, you killed one of my kind. We're so few now." Nah, I think I think they are better off, kind of, of not going after that vendetta because it, when you go after the vendetta, now now you're letting people know that you exist. Whereas they're still flying under the radar and killing and eating and feeding whatever they want without someone knowing that they're around. Well, if we're following the logic of the show, though, I mean, the grief eater that if they took her dna they're gonna turn into her and accuse her of like heinous murder right and then how is she gonna defend herself for something like this you know they could use all of the information she's gained uh against her even going so far as to say oh she must have learned the trick of how to kill and blame it on others or something and you know she's a psychopath Speaking of, uh, did anybody think that they were, since Claude showed up down there in the cave, that they were going to pull the whole, is he the real Claude or is he the Claude, you know, the shape shifted Claude? Is he El Cuco? Like, did anybody else? I mean, they obviously got the right Claude <laughs> out of the <laughs> yeah. cave, but did anybody else think that was going to happen? 100% thought that yeah, was going to be the case. Surprised there wasn't a hesitation at all over. Oh yeah, you're all right, Claude. I was like, you're not going to hesitate at all over thinking <laughs> that he could be the shapeshifter. 
I mean, yeah, when they found him with his leg trapped underneath a rock, which he healed pretty quickly from. Yeah. Like, I was like, who are we sure that's the right clothes? Because they even were wearing similar clothes, which with Terry, we noticed that he was wearing completely different types of clothes. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it, it obviously was not, was not the bad. Not, it was not El Cuco that, they, <laughs> that Holly took out of there. Are you going to say that because there's no good clod? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. I was going to say, give him the Kurt Russell blood test from the thing or something. Like, Don't just take him at face value. <laughs> but then again, when you saw the other one start to shapeshift and all that, you yep. went to the previous one. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm pretty certain that this one's the Google. <laughs> I mean, Claude didn't yeah. say that he could change his face, but yeah, we don't he know. never said he couldn't. So. Yeah. Well, the other thing you have is the fact that Claude shot El Cuco and the Claude they found with the leg underneath did not have a giant hole in his right. stomach. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm still not 100% sure, though. <laughs> well, the way they filmed the, the shot, like, it definitely... Well, you lost sight of them. You, you lose yeah. sight of them, yeah. Yeah, they, they both kind of fall backwards. And then, yeah. I, I don't... I, I mean, I was, I, I've never been inside a cave. I don't know how well the that whole cave in with just the sound of the shotgun would would have done it or depends on the kind of rock that the yeah cave is made of uh okay so jumping ahead a little bit um with the whole da talking to glory yeah glory glory maitland Mm What what do we think about that? What do we think about him saying, "All right, it's all exonerated. He's he's good," uh, because you are suing me. I can't tell you the what I really feel, or I, basically, he's saying I can't say I'm sorry because then I'm admitting exactly. to, do, to wrongdoing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How does yeah. that pan out for that family, like the Maitlands and the city of Cherokee City now? Oh, the the Maitlands are going to get a ridiculously huge settlement. That's without question. Mm-hmm. Um, what Glory really needed, wanted, was the total exoneration because where she really lost was in the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. really what was making her life difficult. However, I want to say that I, I really hated the the headline that we saw Holly yeah. pull, pull up. Cause if it, I were Glory, I would have I would have sued them again for the headline. <laughs> well, I would the the yeah. newspaper, right? Yeah, because yeah, the Cherokee City child killer exonerated. Like no, <laughs> innocent <laughs> man exonerated. <laughs> yeah, you at least add the word accused at the beginning of that headline. Like at the very least, you add accused at the beginning of that. Because that headline makes it sound more like. Oh, this child killer got off. Like, yeah, got yeah. free. Hey, newspapers got to sell, man. <laughs> <laughs> they also have to protect themselves. <laughs> nah, not anymore. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, there does is the DA losing his job? No. No. <laughs> is Ralph losing his job? No. 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 Particularly because Ralph wasn't named individually in the lawsuit. That's true. What is what is happening to Howie's firm or practice? Well, uh, assuming this is operating in the normal course of U.S. legal systems, um, he would have had a what's called a, essentially a designated survivor. He would have had an attorney designated to take over all of his cases. Which would be Holly's case. 
or I'm sorry, Glory's, Glory's case. case. Yes. Glory could have chosen to go to a different attorney after that, but there would have been somebody essentially assigned to her case within that legal community to ensure that her rights were protected till she made that determination of who to go with. Um, that's, that's pretty standard for anybody, unless he had partners in his firm, and in which case his partners would just take it on. Um, but there's always somebody designated. Okay. Uh, any of the other did it look okay did it to anybody else did it look like holly went to andy's memorial or funeral or whatever or was it was she not there because i they obviously showed it she wasn't there i don't think well I think she, she was there early. at one point because she put yeah she put the the little doll in there yeah. but she didn't stick around i don't think she stuck around for the actual mm-hmm. service she wasn't much for sentiment fair and she doesn't like people. <laughs> yeah. <also> true. <laughs> uh, Ralph and Jeannie, you know, kind of get a little bit of closure, especially with their son. Yes. Uh, he he uh, admits to her that, hey, he showed up to me, but it wasn't him. It was obviously El Cuco, like, showing up to me as him uh, mm-hmm. and telling me to let him go. But she was like, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, who else? We, we didn't see anything happen with Sablo. He kind of just was the 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 pin to get it all. Like, hey, this is all taken care of legally, yeah. law enforcement wise. Lynchpin. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Um, Holly goes off on her own. Goes back to Chicago. I think yes. it was Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Anybody else do we need to talk about? Well, going back to Ralph for a moment, he did also kind of exp- uh, mention to Jeannie that I guess now he has like hope or faith, kind of, because he's like, um, maybe we'll see him again. Ah, uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. Jeannie was like, yeah, hopefully not for several years, though, or something like that. When we go to him? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, well, I guess that's his arc right there is... He's becoming a at least more open-minded, if not a believer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's. I mean, we talk about the mid-credit scene, the the stuff with Holly. You talked about it a little Ooh. bit with the scratch already. Uh, first thing she does is she sees Jack in the mirror behind her. Very yes. Candyman to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then she checks to make sure she doesn't have the uh, boils. Mm-hmm. Which is a smart first move. Yep. <laughs> What, what what did you, what did you take from that, Jess? What did what did you take away from her seeing Jack? Was it just a memory, or was it her, her eyes taking playing tricks on her, or something else happening there? I feel like we're supposed to think that something else is happening. I feel like we're supposed to think that El Cuco's not dead, or not fully dead, or maybe some other version of El Cuco is going after her now, or I don't know, or maybe that she's even. Maybe she's even more open-minded now to her supernatural abilities, too. I mean, that could go with the whole hive mind that John was talking about. Maybe she has the ability to see the dead, communicate with the dead. Yeah, see, I think over the... Because I think they're going to do another season. I think over the coming seasons, what we're going to see is Holly opening herself up to her true potential and powers. Like, I don't think she is aware of who she is. She can feel that she's an outsider. She can feel that she's not completely human or normal, I guess is probably the more correct, more accurate word. But I think I'm with Jess. I think we're supposed to be seeing that she's more open-minded to her 
potential and powers than she was at the beginning. I think it's also showing that this is going to leave a lasting uh, effect on her okay. in general. Just the exposure to the evil, I guess, stays with her. Okay, so we definitely have uh, a couple of ways that the second season is going to go if they decide to go with the second season. Because nothing's been announced yet, right? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is... Uh, did, John, would you watch season two? Yeah. yeah. I'll see where it goes. Uh, Elizabeth? I guess if we're watching it for this. I, I'm not a huge <laughs> Stephen King fan, so, I mean, it was good for Stephen King, but it's not. I, that's never going to be something high on my priority list. Okay. Jess? If I have to. If you have to, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, would you have watched if we're the, watching it? I'll watch it. If you were, if you weren't doing it for this show for the first season, would you have watched it? Um, no, I, I don't think I would have gotten past like the third episode. I think I would have stopped watching. <laughs> That's fair, <laughs> John. Uh, I know you usually watch some of the supplemental stuff. Did you watch the after the show, like behind the scenes stuff that they? put out not for this last episode no i stopped at the mid-credit scene because actually it was just busy okay and i was like about to leave as a matter of fact because i just left it running while i was doing stuff <laughs> and i was literally almost out the door when i saw that it cut to holly i was like oh wait a shoot. second <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i have to like back up watch it i was like it was quite a long okay. scene too i yeah. wasn't expecting yeah. to be that much yeah oh which also the song that was playing that was when she was in the car, this is before the mid-credit scene, when she was leaving town, that's... What, was it mm-hmm. when she was leaving town or was that the mid-credit scene? That was the mid-credit scene. Was it? It was yeah. the Washington Square song. That's the song that Ralph said he yeah. heard on the on the radio, right? Yes. Okay. I yeah, just wanted to make it's sure. Song. That weird... That. Oh. We lost you. I looked for a little bit there. Oh. So what, what were you saying about the song? It's it's the same song. Okay. It's probably just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I lost you for a second, too. Ah, uh, okay. That's Corona. fine. Uh, <laughs> it's infecting the <laughs> internet now? Uh, so, we did get a tweet uh, once again um, from Casey Lyle one or at Casey Lyle one He said... Uh, I should have added Andy is strictly a show character book. Holly would never hook up with some guy like that <laughs> as was the woman in prison for killing the other boy. So padding, I think oh. they, I think they could have easily cut out two episodes and been fine and more with the book. So it's kind of what we said last week, last yeah. week yeah, too. Pretty like, much. Yeah. Did not need to be 10 episodes. There was a lot of padding. Yeah, because that lady didn't really, I mean, like, they made it kind of enticing at first because she was like, I know who it was um, and what's happening here, but I can't talk about it. And they just kind of dropped that line, like, just... Well, it was more, yeah, you're right. She was a vehicle to get us to the old lady that happened to be eavesdropping on the conversation so that she can give us a, a name, like grief eater or el cuco or you know I mean, whatever wouldn't all of this information now potentially apply to that woman's case also and exonerate her as well though it yes yeah, so she, she but she was content with being in prison because she's like this is where god needs me to be yeah i guess so so not that she was content but she had accepted her fate i guess is the best way to put it yeah okay because the lord works Wait. in mysterious ways well, yeah. and, and it's going to be harder yeah. from 
GBI's perspective to convince New York to rerun their tests um, once the convictions already occurred. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say, Jess? Yeah. Andy Prince Charming was an added character. That means all those horrible lines were not written by Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) That is is correct. They were written with Stephen King in mind, knowing how he writes his other characters. So you're still good. Uh, Oh, Oh, gosh. <laughs> In which case, the writers did an excellent job <laughs> of copying the in voice. embodying yeah. Stephen King. <laughs> which I believe is Richard Richard Price. He's the one who created the show oh. or developed the show for TV. Okay. Oh. There you go. That is The Outsider. First season on HBO. Uh, sorry, Stephen couldn't join us for this. He has been incapacitated the last couple of weeks. Corona. Uh, it's not Corona. No. <laughs> Don't spread that around. <laughs> he just didn't want to watch the show. <laughs> he, he did. He really wanted to be here for this episode, but other things came up. Uh, hopefully, yeah. next week and following weeks, he will be back with us. It is a show. We are going to be talking about the first season of Russian Doll on Netflix, so you can definitely watch that as we prepare for the second season to come out on Netflix. He is a huge fan of that show. I haven't watched past the first episode yet. John... Mm-hmm. I like Russians, so... Have you watched any of the show yet? No. Elizabeth? I have not watched any of the show yet. Jess? I watched, like, the first three episodes, like, a year ago, so I definitely need to rewatch them. Okay. Uh, do either of you that haven't watched any of the show know what it's about? Not a clue. Not a clue. Uh, time loop kind situation? Kind of. Yeah. Groundhog's Day. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So, uh, make sure you do watch that and come back and listen to us. If you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John? I am at Magic Bollocks, and uh, let me know if you have Corona so I can stay away from you. <laughs> John is practicing the social dist- distancing, but uh, he's been, I, I, he's my been whole practicing life's been that preparing for his whole life, me for so. this moment, yes. <laughs> I'm ready for the isolation. <laughs> Elizabeth? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media. Jess? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey Wright. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. Geek out. (laughs) (laughs) This concludes our broadcast. 